my friend. Hello, sir. How's it going? It's going. Um, I will just go ahead and not recommend uh, living in a camper when it's 100 degrees out. <laughs> mm. Yeah, do explain. <laughs> no, it's not a big deal. I shouldn't, I shouldn't even be complaining because it's been a lot worse than this in here. But um, yeah, it's currently uh, the world's on fire. So that's... That's a current event for you, in case you haven't been paying attention. Uh, we're driving back from Oregon to the Midwest, because we're going to do some shows in the Midwest here starting next week. And it's kind of nice, because usually that Oregon to Nebraska trip for us is like two or three days max, because we're just trying to bust yeah. bust ass and get over there. But um, this this has been... This has been nice. I mean, this is our our first day, but I can already tell how much better this trip is going to be than normal. We're trying to do like three hours a day for the next week. Mm. So Take your time. Yeah. Instead of rushing and trying to get somewhere <clears throat> fast, we're trying to stop and see these sites. And even if like today is just a park, so we're just hanging yeah. out and it's super... It's nice outside. Um, the thing about an airstream is it's it's a big, it's a big silver tube. Yeah. And so when it's hot, it's hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> My fridge is um, in here with me sweating, so I can. It's trying very hard to keep things cool right now. But mm. no, man, it's been good. We we did some shows over in uh, uh, out in Oregon, and they were really fun. Kind of stuff that was rescheduled like I talked about on the last pod, but um, really fun. Outdoor stuff, people just excited to hear music again, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. It's been fun. Yeah. Good. When is uh when is the next show? You said you're taking, like, taking your time to get back to the Midwest. When is your deadline? Yeah. Yeah, that's the funny thing about this job is, like, there's always somewhere you still have to be. Yeah. Just excuse me while I wipe myself off with this towel real quick. Um, <laughs> dude, that's okay. I feel bad that you're just big. I'm enjoying the AC out here, dude. I'm that's watching it rain right now. That's maybe I should just take my shirt off, but I want to spare you. Um, no, but uh, we'll do shows starting next Wednesday, I believe. So, okay. Um, you know, like there's always a deadline. You got to get back somehow. You know, it's not always. Yeah. Off time never lasts as long as uh, work time, you know? Right. So That is true. Um, yeah, so we'll get back. We'll probably get back right before that first show, see uh, mom and dad for a minute, and then uh, I don't know where Nick is right now. We we both <laughs> left Bend, but I haven't seen him <laughs> since we left, so. Yeah. <laughs> Could be he anywhere just, by He just now. shows up whenever when there's music to be played, right? Otherwise, he's <laughs> off the clock. Yeah. Um, but other than that, after we get back, we'll hang in the Midwest for a bit, do those shows, and then we kind of head your way. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. When Sweet, do, dude. When yeah. do we get to play together again? I don't know, dude. Is it this fall? Who knows? Um, I mean, I I don't know the schedule, dude. I never know until like a week before when there's a show. So yeah, I'd like to you tell better. me. I'd like to get better at that. 
<laughs> Unless the Delta variant comes back around and kicks us all in the ass, and then we can't can't do that. Yeah. But I'm I'm just pretending like that might not be a thing carrying on <clears throat> into the sunset. <laughs> you you and um, like everybody else are pretending like it's not a thing. I've heard. So, I, I, I mean, I've heard murmurs out here on the road, so I'm not. My hopes are not high. I'm. Yeah. Bracing myself for a second impact. Anyways, we don't have to talk about all that crap. We should. Yeah. Let's. We should talk about let's something. Not. Let's talk about home improvement, like we didn't get to talk about last time. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to um, my girlfriend. Came into my office this morning. And she saw that router sitting up on my bookshelf, and she's like, "What is that thing?" Oh, that alien like, yeah. router. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "That's my new router that I bought." Did you not listen to the podcast? And she's like, "Oh, I listened to it." I was like, "So what? You just like didn't listen uh, to that part, or what?" She's like, "Well, I mean, it's like it's okay. I get it. it yeah, it, it was boring. She probably, she probably checks out in the beginning for all this. Com- you know, basically up until right. this point in the podcast." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't, can't blame her, right? No one wants to listen to us talk about routers and stuff long yeah. term. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, I've, I've just been nothing exciting in my life, really. I've just got over um, a terrible, terrible cold. I was, I had that too. Yeah, I, uh, I remembered that you know there are, it is still possible to get a cold in this age of like pandemic viruses and stuff. So yeah. <laughs> Like I, I don't rare, I don't, I get sick very rarely. Um, but when I do, it's almost always like this time of year, like early to mid August. It's, it's kind of weird, but, uh, it definitely happened to me. And last week I, I just had this kind of lingering sore throat, but that was like my only symptom. So I was just like, I'll just keep going to the gym, keep, you know, doing everything that I normally do, which was stupid Mm -hmm. because, um, I never really had a chance to like actually recover from it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I come like Saturday morning, I thought I was 100% better. And like we went out to brunch with some friends of ours and stuff. I, I got a COVID test sometime during the week and it was negative. So I, you know, felt pretty okay by about just like going about my life as usual. It is super raining right now, so uh, hopefully oh. my power doesn't go out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, if it uh, does, uh, everyone enjoy this 15-minute podcast of Jake and I shooting the shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. But anyways, uh, Saturday I woke up feeling like really good, went to the gym, um, like hit a pretty good workout at the gym, and then by Saturday afternoon, I it just hit me like a sack of bricks, and mm-hmm. I felt like total shit. So um, took me a couple of days to get over that, but I'm feeling okay now, um, finally. But yeah, there's something I, to that. Like when you're when you're sick, people could probably still hear the residuals in my voice. You sound better than I do, but um, there's something to that. Like the workout, the light workout during the sickness. Yeah. It, uh, like if I go for a run or something when I'm not feeling good, like day two or so of that, it really does a lot for me. I feel a yeah. lot better. I'm sure your workout is more intense, but I don't know, dude. Like I always thought that was the case. Like I feel like it's a, an old wives' tale that like, or maybe it's just like a douchebag gym bro tale where like if you're sick and you you like sweat it out, basically is the yeah, mentality. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I really don't think it's true because every like your body is such a finely tuned machine, right? And right. if it's fighting off a sickness and then you also go work out and expend a bunch of energy on that, then that's less energy it has to fight off the sickness, mm. you know? So like, I don't know. It's this balancing act that I always play with myself because I, I always convince myself that if I miss a couple days at the gym, then I'm just going to wither away and become this like flaccid uh, image of a human. Man, which, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been five true. days. It's been five days since I went for a run. I think I forgot to tell you this in uh, real life, if the pod is in real life. But so Nick and I, um, this is kind of cool. We last minute got this show booked in Georgia to open for Sticks. Yeah, it was really cool. You know, like I, I mean, I don't know much about that band at all. I mean, they're kind of one of those eighties air bands. It's like. You know. Southern rock, isn't it, or something? Something. Well, they loved it there in Georgia. I'll tell you yeah. that. I mean, like people trying <laughs> to climb up on the stage and crap. So wow, yeah, um, they loved it. But it turned out playing a forty-five minute set of the rock stuff that we know really uh-huh. went over really well with them. So it was fun. Um, but what I was going to say about not running for five days was. We got to the airport in Atlanta. We picked up our bags. I had a bag and my guitar, and Nick had just his guitar. And he was like, man, you shouldn't take a suitcase. This is going to be a pain in the ass to try to go get it. And I was like, no, I want want to have my running shoes. I want to have my gear in there. I don't want to fly with my gear. um, So we get to the airport in Atlanta. We pick up our stuff, my bag. We get a car sent for us at the airport. We get in, go to the hotel. I go up to my room. I put my backpack down, my guitar, go to grab my suitcase. And I'm like, shit, where's my suitcase? So I go back. (laughs) I'm kind of famous for like putting it outside the door, doing my key and then going in and then being like, oh, shit, I left my suitcase. Leaving it out there. Wasn't there. It went down to the front desk. Wasn't there. Um, And so then I had like a little, little panic. And then I called the runner and yeah. I said, hey, is it possible my suitcase is in the back of the car? I'm like, oh, hey, let me stop real quick and check. Nope. And then then the fear set in. It was mm. like, I'm opening for sticks in less than 12 hours and everything I need other than my guitar is in that suitcase to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, right. guitar cable is not a big deal, but I got a couple pedals, harmonicas, yada, mm. yada, yada, mm-hmm. running shoes which is why I'm telling this story in the first place. But uh, So I call the airport. I call Delta, who we flew with. They didn't have it. I called TSA. They didn't have it. So I said, you know what? I'll just wait until we we fly out tomorrow already, you know? So I'll just wait. And I'll go to the airport and I'll check. Um, I go to the airport when we're getting ready to fly out. And, oh, also kudos to the uh, Sweetland Amphitheater staff for getting the gear I needed for me. Thank you very much. That was awesome. (laughs) I know several calls were made, and a guy handed me a brown paper sack, and it had everything I needed in it, which was cool. But that all that aside. Okay, I'm trying to make this story short. Let me finish it. So we (laughs) I go to the airport. 
No one has it. I go to Delta, TSA, lost and found. Did you know that the airport has a lost and found? And it's through this tiny little hallway in Atlanta, and there's one person at a kiosk. Yeah. And they ask for your bag number or whatever, something to identify it. She was in that room for like five seconds, and she came back out. And she's like, no, I didn't see it. And I was like, um... It doesn't seem like you really looked, to yeah. be honest, you know? And Unless it was just an empty room. There was literally <laughs> yeah, nothing no. in there. As That's the door the was closing, I saw like wall-to-wall suitcases of every color and size that you could imagine. And I was yeah. like, yeah, there's no way she's going to even look for it, right? So mm. fly back I um, at this RV park, which is... a. Uh, I've had had no service at for like a week, which is kind of cool in its own way, but also got to get stuff done. Right. They they call and leave a message, and I once I get service, the voicemail rolls in, and they it's Delta, and they said they they do have my bag, you know, mm. and so I was like, well, where was this? And then I got it. I realized I left a suitcase on the curb outside of the airport. They're going to have to uh, check check that out, right? Yeah, right. That's going to have to go through all the stuff. They've yeah, that, they completely opened that bag up. Might as well times, a B-O-M-B, you know what I mean? So they, <laughs> right. they look at it and then uh, all that, and then they called. And so it's coming to me now, which is great. But So you I, left it at outside the airport in Atlanta. Like you picked it up from baggage claim. Yes. Did you you checked it? Okay. Yes, I got it. We were getting in the car to leave the airport, and I loaded my guitar, my backpack. I grabbed Nick's stuff from him and set it in there. Nick was already in the car, but I walked around to the other side, and my suitcase was curbside, Mm. and we took off. And thank God some good Samaritan or some TSA agent that actually cares grabbed that, you know. I mean, I mean, I don't want people to know that I fly with expensive stuff, but that suitcase was probably the most expensive it's ever been since I've flown with it. You know, it had right the stuff, and uh, like I said, I haven't had my running shoes for five days, and that was a long way of telling you that um, I've been sick, and all I want to do is go for a run and just kind of like sweat it out, as you said. Yeah, and I haven't. Been it's able interesting. To do it. I mean. I have a very different airport philosophy though. Like if I'm going to fly with anything that I know I'm going to need, I do not check that in a bag. Like that is definitely my carry on stuff. Like when I went out to the studio, I made sure I had like my in-ears and my drumsticks and all that stuff in my backpack. Cause I Mm -hmm. always take a backpack on the plane. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, if my, if they lose my clothes, I can go buy new clothes, but Mm -hmm. I can't go buy new clothes custom in-ears that I'm going to need, you know? So, like, I yeah. keep that stuff on my person if at all possible at all times yeah. because I, I, I hate I hate checking bags, dude. It makes me so nervous for that I know, reason. me too. I'm with you. I mean, I had my, my in-ears and all that on me, but I just thought, you know, you know me. I always have to have my laptop and my headphones and my controller and my all this stuff. And I was like, didn't didn't even use it when I was there, right? I just wanted right. to have it with me. And um, but I just needed to be better about leaving stuff like that behind and being realistic about what I'm gonna use when I'm there. Because I totally right. should have just thrown my gear in my backpack so that I wouldn't have 
had this stress for the last five days or whatever. I I love flying, man. It's it's kind of one of those things when we first started playing that I never thought it was. I was dreaming of the day we were going to get on planes to go play shows. You know, I mean, it's not right, a private jet right. by any means. We're we're flying coach, but yeah. you know what I mean. It's yeah. I, I was always dreaming of that day, and it's it's makes things so much better. Um, we have this tour coming up in the fall with a guy from the UK that's known over here a little bit, and uh, we're opening so just duo stuff for like two weeks worth of dates. And mm-hmm. it starts over in like Maryland, you know, mm-hmm. and our, our show right before that is in Portland, I believe, like a few days before that. And it was one of those things where it was like, well, we got to do this, right? We got to take this slot. Right. But without even knowing how we're going to get over there or anything yet. And it's been a headache, man. Like the logistics of transportation and all that, I... Can you talk about that with work? Like, what's it like for you guys when you're trying to get point A to point B? Well, we don't travel very often. Well, mm-hmm. Like, most people don't for my for my job. But, um, like, we send people pre, pre-COVID era, we would send people over to Taiwan because that's where our um, manufacturing office is. Um, but I, I've I've never done it, so I don't really know how it goes. But everyone says it kind of goes off without a hitch. But they have like an entire department of people devoted to setting that kind of thing up. Like they just book your all of your travel for you, book all your hotels and everything for you. So you don't you basically just have to show up. Um, as far as I'm aware, but do you have any do you have um, any desire to uh, do any traveling like that or anything? Even if it's not for work, have you ever been? I mean, you and I have never really talked about want to do that <laughs> to go like far abroad yeah see the way you said it just question? now makes me think <laughs> no i was just i was just clarifying because like <laughs> yeah I, I would I, I would love to um but it i would want to do it right you know like i if i'm going to go to europe i want to spend like two or three weeks over there not i don't want to try mm-hmm. to like rush a trip to europe or something you know yeah um mm-hmm. but it does like that concept does really stress me out because I, uh, just because I'm, I'm such a planner, right? And doing things in other countries is super tough because you don't really know how anything works in another country until you've been there, I feel like. You know, so like, <clears throat> to me, I would be thinking about, well, do we need to like rent a car when we're there or whatever? But like a lot of these countries most people don't have cars because you do train passes or or mm. whatever you know so it's this whole like other logistical thing to think about but i feel like oftentimes i tend to make like the planning and the logistical effort be a barrier to actually like experiencing things yeah um so i would like to get to a point where like we decide we're going to go and then just like hunker down and make it happen because that would that would be a a super cool experience like my family is italian um so i'd love to go to italy and Mm -hmm. actually see what uh italian food from italy (laughs) tastes like um and just like see all that that history and stuff but it's also i don't know if i've talked about it on here but i have this very different definition of like vacation versus like a trip Mm -hmm. and that to me would not be a vacation that would be like a very work 
No, I just mean in general, like, like even, even personal. Yeah, like to me, vacation is going and like laying on the beach and uh, drinking mimosas all day for a week and just like total relax mode, right? Yeah. But a, a trip would be like um, going out and like um, f- immersing yourself in the culture and like going and seeing the sights and like a really active sort of thing. So like it wouldn't be relaxing at all, but it would be really experiential, right? Yeah, because you're going to want to see that stuff and that that right. takes some kind of planning and you're not used to the transportation. Like you said, it's going to be trains or whatever. Um, yeah, and like you have to have like a schedule for your day basically and all this. And I've had no real desire to do that up until now because I, I'm always in this in this situation where I'm just ready for vacation. Like I'm just ready to sit down and just relax for a week. Not yeah, like, the way I like go do all this high effort stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, uh, Plus, I'd love to go, but it's just, I haven't desired it yet. Well, you'd have the language barrier too, you know, it just, some of that to me sounds a little bit frustrating and I don't mean to like rain on anyone's parade that likes to travel abroad and stuff. Um, I think it's cool to to want to do that. Um, I think one of the problems for me is that I spend so much of my time uh, traveling. And we've talked about yeah. this before, that we just don't do a good job of actually seeing the sights and stuff when we're places. Right. Because we've never, you know, we still have that deadline. You got it. We have a show the next day and it's six hours away or whatever. So I, mm-hmm. I've gotten so used to this even though I'm on the road and I'm going to like different food joints and stuff like that, I I don't even really consider that. I mean, that's not travel. That's just driving for work, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and and I want I want to enjoy it. I, I think as I've gotten older here, um, and like we've experienced the road a little longer, I've started to realize how important it is. I'll see these artists kind of. If you look at their tour dates, it's not like stacked day on day. Um, yeah, kind of seems like the art. Some of the artists I like are putting days off between dates and like after a few run. You know, they'll have three days, yeah. or four days off somewhere cool. And uh, I can honestly say most of the stuff I remember from wherever we've been in the country is when we had a day or two off around it and we got to actually explore. You know. Right. Like get get some bikes and go do the touristy stuff, and mm-hmm. I I just I want to get better at it, and I I personally do not have a huge desire to travel abroad. When they get to, really, I don't know why. It's probably because I listen to the news so much. It just doesn't. <laughs> sounds like nothing's going well. See, well. I, I don't listen to the I don't listen to the news so. I'm sure uh, it's I'm sure it's fine. Like the UK thing would be cool hopping around on the train and like yeah, going to the different places up there. Uh, but have you been? Well, that's the other thing the is it, well, I've been to Canada and Mexico yeah. and when I go to Mexico it's at a resort so it's basically America yeah. on on a beach in Mexico. Yeah. So not really like, on a beach. <laughs> it's I haven't really, you know, broadened my horizons culturally, which is why I'd like yeah. to go, but I mean, it does depend on where you go too. Like, I feel like if you went to Europe, mostly everyone there speaks English, like either as a primary language or as a really, really 
capable of second language, you know. So right. I don't think you'd have any any tr- any trouble getting around there. But you know, if you went to like Germany, might be tough. Um, some of those countries, or like if you go to China or Japan or something, that would be um, a little bit tougher, I think. But yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know that you should feel this pressure to like get get better at seeing the sights when you're out on the road, though, because it's like a completely. You're, that's not why you're there. I know. Yeah. You know, I, like I it just is always, disappointing, but it's like I'm in Chicago, and how many times have I been to Chicago without doing anything but walking and getting a pizza at 11 p.m.? You know, like I've been right. to Chicago five times, and I have not done any of the the Chicago things. Maybe that's yeah. fine. Maybe the touristy stuffs are overrated sometimes, but I, there's a part of me that wants to, you know. I'll go places and people are like, oh, what'd you think about Chicago? I'm like, oh, you mean like the airport and the hotel? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty great. Right. Uh, can't doesn't right. get best westerns are kind of all the same. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, have you have you amassed a list of places that you'd like to visit? Like places you've been through that would be mm. like this would be a cool place to come back to. I mean, maybe I you should. just need to carve out time. You know? Yeah, I should write it down. I mean. I could, I know in my head, like if someone mentioned a city or something there, and I know enough about if we go to a show and someone's like, oh, I'm from Boston or whatever, I know enough about it from being there and whatever to to have a conversation. Like even just yeah. saying at a venue, we've played a lot of times will be a good conversation with people because they'll be like, oh yeah, I saw, you know, someone way better than you there, you know, some, you know, so it's like <laughs> that'll happen a lot. Which I I enjoy that and the the venue mm. like there's always that that venue in a town you know like right if you say it someone's like oh yeah yeah we go to that one all the time you know and um I do have that luxury of like being able to talk to people about that but um and we've also gotten better about asking people at shows or after shows where should we go you know like mm-hmm. after this where 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 should we go or like what's your favorite place. Um, and then does that ever pan also, out to anywhere cool, or is it usually um, just like their favorite dive bar where they know they can go? Yeah, try to wear your skin after the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, about like five times out of ten, the the people that suggest it end up there. You know, when we yeah. go check it out. <laughs> right, but um, but I don't know. I I like I like hearing where people like to go and then trying it out, but. I also like to explore, and I think that's what I have been lacking with this job yeah. is that exploration in, in a new city or whatever. And, uh, you know, growing up, ooh, if anyone playing the similar rain drinking game, we're about to say in the Midwest, <laughs> um, we just didn't yeah. do a lot of traveling, you know? Right. We, uh, yeah. like, the extent of our birthdays was going to a hotel with a pool, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> That's that's what we is that did. a Midwest thing or is that just like a thing that we have in common and we happen to both be from the Midwest? I they I'm, should. I'm trying to think. I guess because like none of my none of my friends growing up that I can really remember were big like family vacation people either. I don't, maybe Midwesterners just don't do that. But so yeah, they we did didn't like the pool we didn't at really the hotel either. thing. 
I guess, yeah. Or like they would like <laughs> most people would go to the lake. Like that was that's yeah. a very Midwest thing. Like let's go yeah, to the lake. If you have thing. any free time, you're you're going to the lake. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't grow up like traveling or going on big trips or anything really either. Um, I I always kind of grew up hearing about my my parents like famous trips to Cancun that they went on. So I grew up mm-hmm. with this like I always talk about Cancun as like my ideal vacation, right? It's because I grew up with this like idealized idea of it because my parents always talked about it as like paradise on earth. That's like Mm. the vacations that they went on together or whatever. And I finally got to go um, my sophomore year of college, after my sophomore year of college, um, lived up to expectations. It was great, you know, but that was like my first, my first real like travel kind of thing other than just like somewhere that I could drive to you know yeah you know Hawaii kind of felt that way and um you know not trying to not be relatable at all because I know not everyone gets to go to Hawaii but we got to go because of a connection you know it's not like we were just just going over there for fun I don't know if I would have picked Hawaii just to go for fun I I like Mexico I like yeah I like the resort thing there um I think that's really cool. Hawaii seems really cool to me, but also I, I just didn't know much about it. We went, that was probably, that felt more, um, that felt more international to me than going to Mexico. <laughs> Honestly, that does, like I could believe that. It's it further away. Yeah, yeah. It's like way, a lot of people don't realize this. Hawaii you drive is super far out there. <laughs> yeah. You can drive to Mexico, but you yeah, should. Hawaii is but, super yeah. far out there. Yeah, um, yeah, I get it. It was it was cool though. I mean, you know, and then then there was like a culture in the touristy places, whereas like Mexico, if you mm-hmm. you get on the bus at the airport and go to the resort, um, you know, the, you the servers speak Spanish, but you're not immersed yeah. in the culture by any means. So like right. Hawaii felt a lot more cultural. And I I mean, I know that probably sounds really white girl to say, but it just like the people that we met and stuff at the stores, like they were locals and, you know, some of them right. had prob- problems with <clears throat> people coming from the mainland over there, you know, and just like, right. I don't know. It was, it was fun though. And finding like we had our connection there, he kind of told us about some beaches that nobody knows about and was like, there's a sign that says no crossing private. You pass that sign and then you go through this like whirly trail and there's another sign and it says turn around and you go past that. And then you just keep (laughs) breaking the rules of the signs. And then you get to this beach and it's, it was perfect, you know, and everybody's thing with beaches is always like, Oh, well, there's a ton of people there. And like, man, you know what? I, if I got my spot in the sand and I can walk out to the water, it's okay if there's other people I don't mind, there. yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> but this beach was definitely like really no one there. It felt like we had the whole thing, at least for a couple hours uh, to ourselves. And so like that kind of stuff, obviously separate than work though, right? You know? Um, yeah, yeah. We we did have like a work obligation when we were there, but it was one day and then we had like four or five days off to just do whatever. But um I think the I think the pressure for me to immerse myself in places that we go comes from my family. And I don't mean that 
my family is saying, come on, let's do this. It's yeah. Like if I'm going to drag them all the way to this place, <laughs> like, yeah. and, and then just stash them in a hotel right? <laughs> and then play the show and leave. I, I think that's where the pressure comes from me a little bit when it's just me and Nick going or whatever, even you guys, I'll chill at the hotel. I mean, yeah, I'm well, I mean, not it, high maintenance. It's not. <laughs> it's also worth noting, though, that like after we've kind of talked about this before, but after a show day, the last thing you want to do, even if you play the show early in the day, really the last thing you want to do is go like do something after that because it's a lot of work yeah. and it takes a lot out of you. So yeah. especially if you have stuff like maybe not even the next day, but the day after, like you definitely would be in like weekend mode. You know, I've just wanted to kind of lay around the house or lay around the the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where my tendency to just chill comes from is the job most days a week is like everybody's Friday, you know, five times. Yeah. And it's cool. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying I don't love that. It's, it's great. It provides a high for me that I enjoy, but um, Mm. that's why I I tend to like to throw on forensic files in the hotel room and order order pizza or something, you know? Like, yeah. especially because we, you know, I did spend a lot of time with people and I did get my hangs in, you know? So yeah. it's not like I didn't get that while I was there. And uh, the best times have been if like the venue owner or someone, just one or two people take us somewhere after the show or something to go. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like kids, you know, in Chicago, not to keep going back to Chicago, but we'll go to a pizza place we really liked. But after we played there a couple of times, we kept hearing the name of this other place. So yeah, then we went there and we're like, okay, yeah, this is a really good pizza. This is the pizza that like, you don't have to wait behind 300 people right. in line. And it's actually very good. Um, yeah, But dude, there's not a huge draw for me to want to travel when I'm not on the road. And, uh, yeah. It's kind of a it's it's a weird thing because um my wife loves to travel. And yeah. uh not the kind we do when we're playing shows. <laughs> it's like she wants right. to immerse, like you said, she wants time. Make it worth it, you know. Um Yeah. I'm trying to get better at just a balance, man. All that, you know, even right. Well, what I feel like the balance would be for you is to not not try to do it when you're on tour, but like try to do it. It's hard because I I totally get you know, I'm on the road all the time when I'm when I'm done working, I just want to be at home base and just, you know, do that thing cuz I totally get that. But I also feel like it would be worthwhile to like carve out say you have 6 months off or something, carve out a week to go hang out at some city that you've been through that you thought would be cool. Cause yeah, I mean like you can't, you can't experience anything in 24 hours or 48 hours, you know, it's, it's just too rushed and you it's, that's when it feels like a bunch of pressure, you know? I think that's the, you're right. That's what I've been doing is, uh, trying to do both things. You know, if, if the job requires, let's just be, even modest with it. If it requires nine hours of the day on a show day, you know, and that's pr- probably an underestimation, but how am I supposed to fit 
putting on my shorts and my sandals and putting my fanny pack on and walking around and checking out the sites. You know? Right. But I've but I've always tried, you know. If the family's yeah. along, I've always tried. If if it's just me, I don't care. And Nick will say Nick will be in the room like, Come on, man, let's go down this uh this trail or something. I find I'm like, Man, I would love for you to go do that. If that's what yeah. you want to do, enjoy yourself, you yeah. know. And I'm not saying I wouldn't want to go do the trail thing, but on today, this day, right? Nah, I, I'm putting I'm putting all my effort into the job today, and then yeah, I've just I've always wanted this clear separation between my time off and yeah, and my my work, and I think there's this like pressure that comes from me and my idea of what the road life is and probably other people's too to make Mm. it be like this fantastical experience the whole time you know yeah i'm not here to like crush everybody's dreams on being like a rock star or whatever i think it's i think it's i mean i think it's cool and i think people appreciate like hearing the actual yeah firsthand accounts of what it's like to be a working class musician you know like i'm sure i'm sure John Mayer and Taylor Swift have a different idea because they can fly in and out yeah. of these cities, you know, or whatever. But yeah, like you're oh, that, you're at a different caliber, and most people don't most people don't understand the difference, right, between being a rock star, jet setter, and someone who you know is making a a just a normal person's living, you know, yeah. but they just happen to be doing it playing music, you know. Yeah, and yeah, that's such a such an interesting <clears throat> concept as well to even. To think about that, like, you know, different, yeah, a working class musician. I don't think I've ever heard it put that way. So, yeah. But Nick and I will always talk about on Instagram or whatever, we'll see a story of a musician who might not be um, doing as much as us right now or as well, even as well known as us. Uh, Like just most days, it's them posting like a notepad and like some view and writing music and mm. I'm sitting I'm I'm sitting there and I'm like how 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 do you I feel like I that's the last thing I do is like sit down and write and, right and I know it's they are there's there's people that trust people a lot better than I do and I and I'm hearing this over and over from people that we've started to work with is you need to let me do this cause I'm good at it. And you, you can let go of this and trust me and mm. like let people make mistakes. You know, I am, I mm. am so bad at letting people make mistakes because it's not, I'm not mad at them, but I will kick myself because I think I should have just done that. Right. Yeah. But that's, that's it- not okay. What does that have to do with the guy posting a notepad picture on Instagram? Oh, well, so we've been thinking about this. Uh, like, we need to we need to find a way to do that. Yeah, we, we need to find a way to be that for this job. Um, mm. That's where I'm the most beneficial and, as a songwriter. Yep, and Got I it. think I think that that could that could kind of correlate to having like a little bit more of an enjoyable life on the road too is like if i'm not i'm not spending all morning answering emails i'm not saying i'm trying to shove that off on someone i'm saying right if someone else can do it and they want to um 
then I would have time to do that and like fill up. But I'm not really getting creative fuel corresponding and, you know, being point mm. of contact and stuff like that. And yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone does. I'm it's not just trying a necessary to, function of a job, you know. Again, yeah, I'm not trying to complain about it. I just think no, if, I don't. I don't think it's coming off that way. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it, it's understandable because it's not a, it's not a fulfilling thing, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I want it. I want us to grow. And right now, I feel like if I'm just maintaining that stuff all day and like barely sitting down to write, like, and I can say this on this podcast. It would probably scare people if it was on a Talbot Brothers story, but I haven't written a song since before we got in the studio. And that's weird to me because that's like three months. Mm. And that's probably the longest I've ever gone mm. with without writing. And it's not because I haven't wanted to. I just feel like I've had... No one has any time, you know? I But I just... Yeah. Do you feel like... Do you feel like you play too consistently throughout the year to be able to have time? Because, like, I wonder, you said something about wanting a more clear definition between your work time and your time off. But I feel like that's hard when you are touring all year, right? I I think a lot of bands will play for a few months out of the year, but then have a few months consecutively off where Mm -hmm. that's where it makes sense for them to be writing, you know? Mm -hmm. But like when you're just like constantly in this state of like running from show to show and then like booking shows at the end of this run, like you never catch up with that, you know? So like, well, I I don't know. I wonder, I wonder if there's a way to, to just like plan out, you know, from, I'm not a, a booking agent, so I don't know how this goes, but You're to plan out sense. like the the year of sh- the the year of shows, and then stop adding shows to the end of that, so that you yeah. can play the <laughs> play that tour, you know, and then take a chunk of time to book the next one, you know, instead of <laughs> instead of always having a tour in your back pocket. Like I don't I don't know, maybe maybe that's not the right way to do it, but I, I feel like you kind of said it like it's as simple as just like stop adding shows. <laughs> I mean, it's been. <laughs> It's been sporadic this year because we're also playing catch up from yeah, stuff that was rebooked and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll say, you know, last year when they canceled or postponed, they'd say a year from this date. And so yeah. it's like, well, you're going to say yes to that because we have no idea what's going to happen. Right. And so we've been trying to catch up on all that and it hasn't been too bad cuz we've been we've been in the same region for it, which has been good. Mm-hmm. Um we're going to do some more of it here, like I said, in the Midwest um, in a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, I think that's what it is. I I think bands do a good job when they're, I would say, a, a level ahead of us at least. They do a good job of being on the road for a specific part of the year. And then they don't right. take shows, you know. It's yeah. one thing if Nike calls you and says, hey, we <clears throat> want you guys to come play our event for ten thousand dollars um right just come come do it you know then yes but like as far as booking shows on the road and you know time commitment for the the travel um yeah there's a lot of people in my outfit that just don't know how to stop when it comes to that you know and i'm i'm kind of the monkey that dances when it's time you know so it's the it's it's been 
that's been in a conversation for like this past year, but there's also been some grace there, like I said, because of the rebookings and stuff. But right, um, for sure, there, there are bands that do it a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering if if there's a way, you know, after when things are hopefully all back to normal and you're not playing shows that were booked two years ago and moved three times, if there's a way to like lock in three months, six months, whatever of road time and then not adding shows in between, you know, and just like committing to that. And then you have your six months off where, Mm -hmm. you know, you're either booking the next tour that's a year from then. Like, so you always kind of have this like six to eight month gap of time in between because then mm-hmm. you would have the ability to to have a clear cut like this is my time off even though you'd probably still be doing the business related stuff cuz this is the this is the other thing too is a lot of these bands that we are comparing to have a label that is doing all this right. stuff so they're not right. answering emails or managing people like they are effectively employees at this time right yeah you know whereas you guys are are a small business. So even when you're not on tour, technically you're not doing the job that people see, but you're still working on, on things behind the scenes. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I mean, I can, there's a part of me that enjoys that stuff because it, it helps me disconnect from the artist mentality for a little bit and puts me back in the real world and makes me feel relatable. Um, yeah. But as far as doing what I what I do best, I'm probably doing things that I don't need to, need to be doing right now. And Nick's been, Nick's been doing it for a long time. Um, I don't. A lot of people don't know, but when we first started, Nick did all of our booking and everything, and I worked another uh, like a part time job just so that to, to kind of help bring money in. But I didn't. I didn't do any of the business stuff. And honestly, uh, I I fantasize about those days a little bit still, you know, mm. when I would just go do a mindless job for like four or five hours a day and then I'd come home and, and write music. And I had all this inspiration because of all these conversations and people I met during the day. Right. Um, you know, diff- I was working at Enterprise at the time and like giving rides, you know, from the airport and stuff like that, you got like a million life stories in a mm. week, you know, yeah. not a mil, not a million, but, um, it was just like, I liked that. I felt like I was constantly intaking and then had the time at night to output. Right. And, uh, so anyways, I, uh, I, I missed those days a little bit right now. I just kind of feel like output 100. Constant. Know? Yeah. Constant production. Yeah, I get it, man. I, I mean, I know what it's like to feel like part of the rat race. And I think there's mm-hmm. elements of that in what you're doing, too, because I mean, like like we've we've alluded to so many times, but I think a lot of people, when you say you're a musician or they follow you on Instagram or, you know, whatever, um, they kind of think that you live this glamorous life. And sometimes that's true. Um, and there are aspects of like the level that you're at and things that you're doing that, that are that way compared to what most people experience. But also at the end of the day, it's work, dude. And every job, every job has grind elements to it. And there's something about being on the road 
for so long playing 15 shows and maybe five of them suck all in a row, you know, or five of them are fundraisers for the next one, you know, like there's something about that that just wears on someone and you can just feel like a hamster in a ball, which is what most people in a, that work in a cube farm would also feel like. So it's. Yeah. And I, I don't want that for people, you know what I mean? And and I get, I get that sometimes a job is getting the work done so that you have the time after or on the weekends or for that vacation. Like for some people that is enough and that's great. Like if you want that, I am not holding that against you at all. I just think if you talk to most people, they would probably like the option for some flexibility. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that either. And I think I'm, I'm not trying to just do this podcast as much as I want to, to do it all the time. I want to break the barrier between what being a musician or someone that has a job that you, you know, you talk about this with your job all the time. Like someone would kill for your job. Right. And yeah, I, I am, I am aware of that and I, I do not take that lightly, but I also think, um, there's a reality to every job that, uh, like you said, yeah, it might be different for John Mayer because maybe he gets on a plane and flies in and out and he gets a guitar handed to him and all the strings are changed already. And, you know, right. some won't sound chick for him. And it'll sound amazing when he gets on stage to play the show. Um, I get all that, but I also get he has a whole other stress. He he doesn't know who to trust, and uh, mm. he yeah every every new friend he meets is their intentions are questionable. Dude, I you know? don't I don't envy those who have to deal with celebrity. Like I I. I would never want to be a celebrity for as much as I love like playing music and would love to like get to a level where that's something that I have to worry about. You know, it's, it's just, man, that would be a very precarious position in life. Like you said, of like never really knowing who you can trust. If people are only friends with you for clout or money or something like, I don't know, maybe the cube isn't, isn't so bad after all when you're at that point. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's there's some aspects to that life. The the simplicity of it. I'm talking about the cube life, even, you know, the simplicity of it and then also just uh yeah, like your surroundings and people who you can trust. Uh mm. I get a little bit of that creep into my mind sometimes with even where we're at is uh if I if I meet someone because of my job uh, I question it and I'm cynical. That's why I love meeting people and not telling them what I do. Like, yeah, I love, I love being at a hotel or something and you're checking in and the attendant is like, so what are you here for? And I just say, Oh, just here for, for work. And I love, yeah. and they're like, Oh, what do you do? I'm like, you know, I don't even want to answer that. I wanted to just stop right there and like, yeah, I want to be you and I want you to be me. And I don't, <laughs> And and the whole like, well, we're playing at this show downtown or whatever, and the way it changes. Oh, you know, it's like just treat me like you would treat everyone else. Yeah. Don't right. Don't do that thing. Don't let your voice go up and get 
excited because I have nothing cool to tell you. You know, I just yeah. I want to go up to my room and take a shower, please. Yeah. You know? and the flip side of that, though, the flip side of that, though, is some people have such uninteresting lives that for them to be able to say that they met a musician or something, you know, maybe that's yeah. the most interesting thing that they can tell someone that month or something, you yeah. know? So there's aspects of that too. But there's also, I mean... I think we live in this age where um, just like clout chasing is almost a career. Like mm. people are, people are, whether it's because they're so dissatisfied with cube life or whatever, um, they're so concerned with just latching on to someone else's, something that someone else has built so that they can like escape their monotonous life or, or whatever. You know, I, I just feel like the age of the internet, everybody is saying things to get people riled up or um, trying to hang around people that have a following because they want this clout. So I definitely appreciate the the, the desire to have some healthy skepticism. I mean, that's how I, I, I'm that way about anyone and I'm not even um, someone that people would want to latch on to, you know, like, yeah, I'm just an average person, but I, I'm very skeptical of anyone's intentions ever just because I, I'm not a very, uh, openly trusting person of people, of strangers. Well, you must be a little bit memorable because, um, we can end it on this, this week, but, uh, when we were at the airport in Redmond, uh, Oregon, <laughs> which is just a tiny town in Oregon, uh, <laughs> It's it's like outside of Bend, a ways, just a little airport. And Nick and I were walking in, masks on, everything. Yeah. I mean, the hats are kind of a giveaway, so that's not fair. But um, you can't pack a Goran hat. You just can't. No. You know, nope. that's going it's on your head. It's like a name <laughs> tag, basically. Yeah. Um, but uh, we were walking into the airport, and a buddy of yours pulled up in the back of a car and said, hey, what's your band? And it was like... You know, just like we were just talking about, I was like, mother of God, yeah. just let me, just let me go. <laughs> I'm almost there. I can see the door. And I was like, we're the Talbot brothers. And he's like, yo, my like best friend from high school, man, he's your drummer. And I was like, wait, <laughs> all right, this is cool. You know? So yeah. like, then there's that, which is sweet. Yeah. So you must, you must out, be a little shout bit. Shout out to my boy, my boy, Will Chatlin for... He texted me yeah, too. Up, that was Will? super funny because he doesn't live. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, of anywhere for him <laughs> yeah, to be. I don't he know why there? he was there. Come <laughs> okay, to come to find even... out, a few days later, I saw him tagged in a, a wedding picture of someone um, oh, okay. in, in Oregon. So he was out there for that. But yeah, yeah. That, that that was funny. But no, so he didn't fly out to uh, Oregon to watch us play. That's no. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> you're not that important to to everyone. I, I Tyler, figured. it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's Get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right, right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Similar Vein Podcast. Be sure to rate and subscribe if you haven't already. Hit us up on Instagram at Similar Vein Podcast. And until next time, we will see y'all. All right. See you guys. <laughs>